Welcome to the 42nd episode of our podcast series for advisors considering the independent space. Today's episode is how this $2.5 billion team saw past the handcuffs of deferred compensation, a conversation with Margaret Deccant, CEO and founding partner of Kansas-based independent firm Six Meridian. I'm Mindy Diamond, and this is Mindy Diamond on Independence. This podcast is available on our website, diamond-consultants.com, and on wealthmanagement.com, as well as iTunes and other resources. It's astounding to me that there aren't more women who make the leap to independence. Yet in an industry where women make up less than 20% of the advisor population, with some surveys putting it in the 15 to 17% range, it actually should come as no surprise. In conversations with women who chose to go independent, I've actually found a common thread. They were driven by a strong desire to act as a true fiduciary and serve their clients in the best way possible, something they felt they couldn't do in a captive environment. My guest today is the perfect example. Margaret Deccant is a former Morgan Stanley advisor who had a vision of how she wanted to serve her clients with greater flexibility in investments and access to better technology for more sophisticated planning. And it was a vision that was becoming increasingly difficult to realize at the brokerage firm. A partner in what she describes as a self-sufficient business within Morgan Stanley that was managing $2.5 billion in assets, a business that they put the energy, money, and time into building, that is, until they had an aha moment realizing that the more they continually invested in their business at Morgan, the less they actually owned it. So in 2016, the team set out to build their own firm. And I mean that literally. They took on all the heavy lifting, dividing and conquering without leveraging the expertise of service providers. And today, Six Meridian is building their business their way, based on what Margaret says is a landscape that's bigger and wider than they had ever thought it would be, and no longer limited by what the brokerage firms offered. It's a great story, and I'll leave it for her to tell it. So let's jump right in. Margaret, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, absolutely, Mindy. Thank you for the invitation. Happy to do it. You bet. Let's jump in. Tell us a little bit about your background, if you would. Well, I started my career in banking. I was part of a private banking group in what is now Bank of America in our region. We were charged with dealing with the clients. We were basically a concierge service for the bank's upper-level clientele, which was a nice lead-in for the rest of my career. From there, I spent about 20 years in that organization, managed a trust company for a regional bank here in Kansas for three years. And then I moved over into the wirehouse environment, joining a senior partner at Smith Barney at that time. From there, I was charged with doing the wealth planning, the financial planning side of the business. Uh, He was a visionary that saw that was where the business was going, but did not want to take that on at that stage of his career. So that was my responsibility was to manage the small team at that time and also to launch the wealth planning platform for our clientele. We joined forces with another team to move to Morgan Stanley in 2008, where I also had clients 
responsibilities and also managed our team from there. Got it. Okay. And we'll get to the departure from Morgan Stanley and where and how you built Six Meridian, but a couple of other background questions. So would you tell us a little bit about the business today? How much in assets the firm manage, how many partners and support staff, what kind of clients you serve, just a little bit for perspective and background. Absolutely. We have $2.5 billion under management. Our clientele are primarily former business owners, professionals, executives. Uh, We say they're people that have built their wealth by the labor of their own hand, and they trust us to preserve and protect their wealth. And then we've built a business around that clientele. Uh, Our staff, we have six partners within our business. We launched with seven, but one of our partners wanted to retire. So last summer, he exited the business, and so now six remain. The six partners are primarily the client advisory contacts, but we also have now two other non-partner advisors, two associates in training, and then a support team rounds out the total of 21 on our organizational chart. Got it. Well, you've built quite a business. Tell me a little bit about the getting to two and a half billion. I mean, that's a big number, an incredibly impressive number, and it's not lost on me how you've built it. So I'd love for you to share with us a little bit about how you got from zero to two and a half billion. What were the major inflection points? Well, zero to two and a half billion was quite a journey, (laughs) as you would imagine. We were very deliberate over the last 10 years, actually prior to our launch as a team. At that time, there were 12 of us to really focus in on our target markets. We didn't want to be all things to all people. We wanted to focus in on who can we best serve And then how do we build a business that can deliver on our commitments to those people? So we built marketing strategies, niche market strategies, business development strategies around that specific clientele. Because our market, in comparison to probably a lot of your listeners, is somewhat small, our geography is a bit smaller than maybe what some of your listeners are part of. And so we have built over time a solid reputation with the professionals in our region. So the attorneys, the CPAs, the people who also act as trusted advisors with our target markets. So we work very closely with those professionals to do good work for our clients, but also they have become very good referral sources. They've learned what we do and how we do it, and they have a lot of confidence in our people and what we're going to do for our mutual client. I would say that focus on our target markets and being very deliberate has been a very big piece of our success. We also, as part of our business growth, we streamlined and systematized our investment processes. When we came together as a group, we had mutual funds and third-party money managers and different offerings, and we were very deliberate. It took us a while, probably two to three years, to really focus in on Again, who are our clients and what type of solutions are going to best serve them? And over time, we migrated our business to a very systematized investment process. That helped us to be able to leverage our time with our clients and also leverage our time in onboarding new clients. So your firm's name is unique, Six Meridian. Can you tell us a little bit about its significance? This is one of my favorite parts of our 
business launch, Mindy, so I appreciate you asking. <laughs> so when we were naming our firm, we were working with a marketing firm, Gardner Design, and what we told them was we wanted a moniker that gave a nod to the local region because we are all most for the most part born and bred here and we love Kansas and we love the region but we didn't want to go with the traditional Wichita X or Kansas Y we wanted but we didn't want something that reflected the region and our marketing firm came to us with six meridian and the story behind that is that in 1855 the territories had been settled this far west and they needed to mark a point to be able to expand the rest of the great west and the sixth principal meridian became that launching point and it runs right through the middle of wichita kansas so if you want to take that a step further the sixth Meridian was the launching point for people who wanted to pursue a greater life for themselves and their families. I love that. And I love the creativity and the symbolism. So I get why you love it. That's amazing. Yes. Let me ask you a question a little bit about your personal brand. So I read something recently that talked about the fact that one's personal brand is really how they show up in the world, how they differentiate themselves in a crowded and competitive marketplace. So in your world, differentiating yourself from other advisors, whether it be when you were at Morgan Stanley or other RIAs in Kansas or other financial advisors that would also be competing for your prospects and clients' businesses. How do you differentiate yourself? Well, we work to do that on many levels, try to go through that from our respective lines of business and the value statement we provide to our clients and prospective clients. The premise is that we service a clientele that have a very complex financial situation. They need more than just an investment solution. They need more than just a simple financial plan. So we have built a team that the personnel inside our team, they're honed at their craft. Uh, They've worked very diligently to be the best in their field at investment analysis, financial planning, marketing strategies. So we built a business that caters to that clientele, the one that are looking for more. They want a total financial relationship. They want an advisor that's going to own their financial life. And what we've seen over the years in working with clients is that oftentimes they get to a point in their life where the money is actually the last concern on the list. They're more concerned about their family, their gifting strategies, you know, the more complex nature of their lives. So we work very hard to provide them with solutions proactively and have a team that does that very well. We also are very risk sensitive. We tell clients that if you're the client that wants to beat the market every year, that that's not us, that we are going to work very closely with you to determine what type of return that you need, how much risk can you take, and that's what we're going to work toward when it comes to your investment solution. So if you want to hit the ball out of the park every year, we're not your advisor. We work very carefully to understand their concerns, what type of investment solutions fit them, their total wealth plan, and then have delivered that with a team of very skilled professionals. You and the team broke away from Morgan Stanley in 2016 at a time when going independent wasn't quite as mainstream as it is today. 
And I'll ask you a couple of questions about that. But you mentioned just now about how your clients really look for you to be the total financial advisor to really run or own the entire financial relationship. And so I guess the first question is, were you able to do that in the confines of Morgan Stanley? Did that have part of the reason to do part of the motivation for leaving? We were not able to achieve that at Morgan Stanley to the level we are able to do it today. We've expanded our team. We've expanded our technology. We've brought additional investment solutions to the table that we could not have provided at Morgan Stanley. So yes, in answer to your question, the vision for our business was above and beyond what we were able to do within the walls of Morgan Stanley. So could you give me an example of additional investment solutions you were able to bring to the table that you couldn't offer access to at Morgan Stanley? Because, and the reason I ask that question is I think that most advisors that sit within the confines of a wirehouse believe that it is open architecture enough that it gives them access to a more than robust enough solution set or opportunity set, certainly with respect to investment solutions. And many of them are surprised when they hear people like you say that it wasn't enough. So an example of that to make it a little more tangible would be helpful. Well, I'll give you two, actually. One is that we've been approached by investment managers that do not participate on the wirehouse platforms. There are big hurdles to cross when it comes to gaining entry to the wirehouse platform. And some of those are based upon performance history and investment strategy. And some of that we all know is based upon a financial barrier of entry. So we were early on approached by some investment firms that we were very intrigued by what they do. They have long track records. They deal with family offices all over the country, but they are not on the wirehouse platform. And a couple of those we have chosen to offer out those solutions to our clients, and they've been very, very effective. The second piece of that is we do have our own in-house investment management platform. We, over time, have built our own investment strategies and have $1.7 billion under management in those strategies alone. There were a couple of options and strategies that we wanted to pursue that Morgan Stanley wouldn't allow us to do. And they're nothing outside the box or outside the parameters of what an investor would want to do, but because Morgan Stanley couldn't allow 16,000 advisors to do the same thing, we were not allowed to do it, even though we had the research capability, we had the investment management capability, we had beta tested the strategies for several years. But because it can't be offered broadly, it wasn't allowed inside of Morgan Stanley. And in one of those strategies alone, we have $300 million of our clients' money invested. So there were opportunities for us, both with outside investment managers and then also in our own internal research and investment solution development. Yeah. I think what you're referring to is what a lot of people call managing to the lowest common denominator. And even though you were a team that had the skills and expertise and clean compliance record to have handled something like the last example you just gave, they couldn't allow, they couldn't open the floodgates for 16,000 advisors and they have to manage the lowest common denominator. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So back to the business. So 
You went independent. You formed Six Meridian without the help of what's become very popular these days, service providers and consultancies to help to turnkey the build. And so especially for a business of your size with two and a half billion under management, six partners or what was seven partners. So with all the consultants and service providers available to breakaways, what made you decide to build your firm on your own? Well, we did months and months, well, actually over almost two years of research into the logistics of breaking away. It was not a done on a whim. As you well know, it takes a lot of planning. And we turned a lot of stones. We did a lot of research. We actually did talk with a consultant who kind of helped us navigate the different options as far as support to break away, partnering with another firm, all of the things that you just mentioned. We determined that we, because the size of our team, we were a a team of 13 at that time, we did have on staff people that could allocate the time, had the talent and the attention to detail that could allow us to do this on our own. We had people who understood technology to a great degree. We had people who were willing to navigate vendor contracts. And we also had someone who was willing to work with the marketing firm to develop our brand and develop our base. So we, just because of our number, we did have the ability to divide and conquer the level of work that it takes to break away. And in hindsight, was it a good decision to do it on your own? And I guess part of that question is how much work did it actually take? How many hours did it actually add to your full-time job of managing your business to build Six Meridian? Well, for quite some time, a number of us really worked two jobs. Uh, It all had to be done after hours outside the walls of Morgan Stanley. So we spent a lot of early mornings, evenings, weekends working on the logistics of the move. To say whether or not it was a good decision, I guess it was good in that we're here. We feel like we did a very good job of launching our business. Our Many of the logistics were on point and we didn't miss a beat. If we had not had the personnel, if we had not had the staff with the talent that they had, with the willingness to help us build this business, we could not have done it on our own. Yeah. And you custody, you chose to custody with BNY Pershing. So what was their involvement in facilitating your move? Why Pershing versus the other custodians and how involved or instrumental were they in helping you to really launch this the right way? I'll answer the why Pershing first, because it leads into the second part of your question. When we were vetting custodians and we talked to the big four, if you will, what we were impressed with about Pershing were, first of all, their people. They're terrific to work with. Their tenure is exceptional. I mean, these are people that have been with the, the firm for quite some time, and they understand what it takes to break away from a wirehouse and have been great business partners ever since. Secondly, they the, Pershing likes to say that they work with advisors who are serving clients with complex needs and that they work with firms like ours who maybe have a little bit more complexity to our client profile and our client solutions. And then that's the third piece is that we had fully embraced the credit side of our client's balance sheets. So we had worked uh, over years 
and then to provide credit solutions for our clients. And that was security, uh, lending against securities, that was commercial lending. It was, you know, there were pretty significant credit needs that we as a firm had on behalf of our clients. At that time, Pershing was by far and away the best solution when it came to providing credit opportunities for our clients. Pershing was very involved in our transition. We worked with them for months and months to really understand down to the client, what is it they need? What is it we need to have prepared for the client? Do they have a security, a credit line against their securities? Do they not? We were down to almost every client talking about what their profile looked like. So they were very involved. They were very proactive. They were actually the ones that put us on a timeline to launch. So we picked a launch date and we backed out of it. And then we had weekly calls addressing different aspects of our business along the way. They were a terrific partner in our breakaway experience. How wonderful. Let's back up a second to some of the motivations for leaving Morgan. So certainly you mentioned the limitations on perhaps the technology and investment side. I'm curious about what other pushes there were. What other things sort of pushed you to decide to leave Morgan Stanley and go independent? Well, we had been operating fairly independently as a team inside of Morgan Stanley. We had, as I mentioned, built out our own investment platform. We had identified our target markets and had a marketing strategy, a branding strategy all around those target markets. We had hosted our own events. We had hired our own staff. We had invested in a business just like we owned it. And at some point, when you're looking at the economics of that, you're giving, you know, in just general numbers, you're still giving Morgan Stanley 60% of every dollar that clients pay you to provide you with, at that point, you could really say was a place to sit and technology. We were fairly independent from their investment solutions. Again, we had a lot of our own in-house management. So we just weren't tapping into a lot of the resources that they tout as a benefit of being part of Morgan Stanley. Not that those aren't good benefits, but they just didn't apply to us and our clientele. So when we started looking at the economics, we were just thinking if we were able to take that those resources and apply them to our clients and not the priorities of a Wall Street firm, if we could just focus on what our clients wanted and our clients needed, could we do a better job for them? And the answer continually was yes, we believed that we could. The priorities of Morgan Stanley no longer really aligned with the priorities of our clients. So it was partly economic, but also then we looked at the ability to expand upon and invest in things that really mattered to our clients, to take those resources of human capital and financial capital and really invest them in the vision that we had for our business. The other part of it, Mindy, if you remember back in 2016, the fiduciary standard was top of the list for everyone. And shortly before we left Morgan Stanley, we had a very painful meeting, a required meeting that was talking about how we had to look at not charging commissions or charging commissions, you know, just these down to the fine points of things that really had to be done for legal purposes, but not necessarily were going to be in the best interest of the client. 
what we wanted to do was to be able to tell our clients, we are a true fiduciary for you. We are completely agnostic when it comes to what we offer to you. We are bringing you the best solutions that we have available to help your, you solve the financial concerns that you have. And so I want to come back to how the clients responded, but I guess my question is, so it sounds like you were pretty committed or pretty convinced that the only way to do that was to be independent. So curious if you looked at any other options, any other employee-based options at the time you were thinking about leaving, and do you consider yourself a natural entrepreneur? In other words, was part of the pull toward independence because there was entrepreneurial DNA that wasn't being satisfied, or was it more really just about a belief to just strong desire to do better for clients? You know, it was, I'd say it was a combination to go back to, did we look at other options? You know, like all advisors and particularly big teams, we fielded calls from headhunters all the time. You know, this is what will pay you to jump ship to UBS or Merrill or whatever the case might've been. And we knew that that was not what we wanted to do. We wanted to be able to fulfill the vision that we had for our business, which we kept coming back to. We really want to be able to invest our resources in our people, in our technology, and back into our community and be able to really deliver the best of class to for our on behalf of our clients. So although we were being courted by other wirehouses, as a lot of advisors are, we did look at some of the options that are more employee-based, but and we actually did consider one of those options, but again, knew that ultimately we really wanted to own our own business. We really wanted to be able to invest the time, the money, the energy into building something that we could be proud of and call our own. We also wanted to, with our staff and our support team, be able to expand the world on their behalf. You know, at some of those options, you know, the client service associate is always a client service associate, and we've been able to expand roles and responsibilities as well. The things that we wanted to do, big picture, we just could not accomplish at another wirehouse or in another employee-based or quasi-employee-based model. And how did the economics of a move factor into that decision? So the amount of unvested deferred comp that you and your partners had, or the fact that other employee firms were offering big money up front, or the fact that it would cost a good amount of money out of pocket to launch this firm? Well, the question about deferred compensation, and I, you're very well versed on how those plans work inside warehouses, but... If you recall, there was a shift in Morgan Stanley's deferred compensation where they were going to be taking a much bigger piece of the compensation pie and deferring it for a much longer period of time. And when we began running that math for seven partners over the revenue stream that we were generating, if we had stayed much longer, those numbers become, well, they become the handcuffs that I think they're designed to be, just to say it bluntly. So we did the math and realized that our window to depart needed to be shortened. We had a window that was pretty well defined anyway, but those numbers were a big factor in our decision. Now, it was not easy to walk away from the money that had already been put aside, but we knew that long-term, we were all going to be better off. 
it sounds like the clients were really at the forefront of this motivation. So how did the clients respond to the notion of you leaving a big brand name firm and launching Six Meridian? Well, the response was overwhelmingly positive, which was terrific. You know, a lot of our clients have been with us a long time, so we appreciate and value their loyalty. But you never know till you know. You never know until you make that call that they're going to be on board with you. There were two big surprises, I guess, that came out of that. One, the, our clients were very happy for us. The overwhelming first response was not, what does this mean for me? It was, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy that you all have decided to do this. And some of that is the, you know, the relationships we have with our clients, but some of it's also, many of them are also entrepreneurs as well. So they speak the language and they understand the magnitude of what we had done. Secondly, there was a clear line of loyalty to us and very little to Morgan Stanley. And that's not a negative on Morgan Stanley. I think that's just how advisor and client relationships are wired. You know, if people have been with you 10, 15 years, uh, they are going to trust that you've made good decisions, that you're doing this on behalf of your team and your clients, and that you're building a business that's going to benefit everyone. So the response was just overwhelmingly positive. And how do you explain what was sort of the elevator pitch to a client the day you launched? How do you explain what Six Meridian is and really, in a nutshell, help them to understand the, the new value proposition versus what they, had been, what they had been used to for so many years? Great question. We had a letter we had sent out, and I have it sitting right here next to me because I have it sitting right next to me almost every day on the top of my desk. Uh, what we had explained to our clients was over the years, we had continued to evolve our business to better meet their needs and gave specific examples to them. We had expanded our team. We had expanded our resources. We had streamlined our investment processes and gave them tangible examples of how we have thought very innovatively about our business and built a team inside of Morgan Stanley over the years that this move was a natural evolution to continue that innovation and to continue that commitment to them. And we did make the commitment that we were going to invest in human capital, technology, solutions that would be brought to them and would better serve them and their families. The other piece that was very important to us and then spoke very loudly to them that was we wanted to be a very good community partner. We wanted to be able to reinvest in our community as Six Meridian and as the employees and members of Six Meridian, that we wanted to become a great corporate partner with our community as well. So all of those points really spoke to them because they had gotten used to us, I guess, as being fairly innovative when it came to how we approached our solutions to them and how we approached our business. So it was just really a natural step next step for us as a business. And they fully understood that. And how about your staff? How did you, how and when did you explain that, the move to them? Well, we brought our staff into the fold pretty early on. We all for one and one for all was always been our motto. And we wanted them to know that 
this vision included them, that part of this was we wanted to be able to offer them opportunity, personal and professional opportunity beyond what we were able to do at Morgan Stanley. So we told them about this. Uh, we told them that we had researched it for many, many, many months and that we enlisted, then we enlisted their help in preparing for the move. I can't say that they weren't nervous. They didn't outwardly show it. <laughs> they asked great questions. And that's part of being a team is that I value how people see things differently. So uh, as part of, in part of our discussions, they brought forth some questions that you know I, I wouldn't have thought about. So together, we all definitely embraced this move and joined hands and walked out the door. Yeah. You know, I, that key about involving them in the process is pretty critical. And look, advisor employees need to be mindful of not violating non-solicits or protocol or whatever else it is, but the involvement in the staff so that they begin to understand and see what you see, I think is pretty critical. And the most successful breakaways have really done that. I want to understand a little bit about the longer range plans for Six Meridian. And I think it ties into more of these, this vision you had, this natural evolution for ways to better serve your clients. So what are some of the other things that you have been able to do in the last three years and that you would like to do going forward that will expand upon this vision for clients and how to serve them better? One thing that we've already touched upon is expanding our investment solutions. We've added to our investment management team and have launched a couple of new solutions over the last couple of years and have a couple others on the research stage. So that'll be coming to our clients in the next you know, 24, 36 months. We've also have etched out a very robust growth pattern in our organizational chart. We are at way over capacity when it comes to, if you look at industry standards in our client to advisor ratios. So we've already added advisor resources, but want to add additional resources. Spending time, more concentrated time with our clients and really digging deeply into their financial lives is a commitment we're making. As I mentioned earlier, at some point in our clients' lives, the actual dollars become less important than do the other concerns they have around their finances, whether it be their kids, aging parents, healthcare, you know, just different things that aren't necessarily on the balance sheet, but yet have become foremost in their minds. And we really want to spend time learning what's important to our clients. So expanding our wealth planning capabilities and the depth at which we approach that with clients is, is on the whiteboard. We also, of course, if you're doing that, you're, you were going to expand our internal resources. We need client service personnel. We need more marketing resources. So those are kind of the on the chalkboard for Six Meridian. We anticipate that over the next 10 years, we'll geographically expand our reach. But for now, we're content to grow organically. We've had great success in our new business development and pipeline over the last two and a half years. I'm I think part of that is being independent and uh, being able to market in a manner that's very effective. And part of that is just a new energy around our new business development efforts. Yeah, I think that's a great comment is it's not just about the world at large responding to your independence, but it's renewed energy on the part of those that work for your team or work with your team. 
You mentioned these expanding your wealth planning capabilities and things being more financial CFOs or the CFO of your client owning your the entire relationship or a client's entire financial life. So just drill down on that for one second, if you will. We touched on it a little bit earlier, but why couldn't you have done that? Why couldn't you have helped a client with their aging parents or their philanthropic activities or whatever it may have been at Morgan Stanley? What were the limitations with specific to that? Well, the first one that comes to mind, Mindy, is just the ability to add human capital to our organizational chart. You know, Morgan Stanley and all organizations like them have parameters by which you can hire and add staff. So we're able to just on our own accord, decide, you know, this is the skill set that we want. These are the people that we want to bring into our organization, and we're going to go find them and hire them. We just, we had brought on a a young advisor who was referred to us by someone locally, and we were so impressed with him that literally in 24 hours, we hired him. That process would have taken us months at Morgan Stanley. That being able to add the human resources is one thing. Secondly, being able to reach out beyond the technology that was provided is a huge benefit. We had financial planning software at Morgan Stanley, which we continued to use when we became Six Meridian, and we realized that there were more capabilities just in that software that we did not have access to while at the warehouse. And since then, we've actually decided to move beyond that software because we've discovered there's more capability above and beyond what we had initially. So to make those types of decisions, like you can do your due diligence, you can reach out in the market, you can see who the best provider is, and then you can bring that on board that software or that resource is a very freeing experience (laughs) in being independent. Your story is fascinating because you have built an extraordinary business and because it really sounds like your only true north was really to do to do what was right by client. And it sounds like you're really executing on that, which is pretty extraordinary. But one of the things that I'm actually most interested in, I'm really interested in, is the small number of women breakaways in the industry. And what I mean by that are, look, we know that comparatively speaking, the number of female FAs as compared to their male counterparts is small. But if we look at the number of female or women-led breakaways, women advisors that have had the courage to leave the wirehouse world, that number is anemically low. And is it because they're scared? Is it because they have competing priorities? Is it because they're not surrounded by the right team? Is it because they're fiercely loyal? Is it all of the above? Is it other things? So what do you think about that? What is your thoughts about why the number is so low? And what advice would you have for other women advisors sitting in the wirehouse world how could you not respond to what you're saying? The notion of really wanting to be a true fiduciary, the notion of wanting to do better for clients and not being limited. So what would you say to those women that are feeling captive, but may not have the courage or gumption to do what you did? Well, it is a very daunting thought, taking your business and moving it outside the confines of a warehouse. As I always say, it's not for the faint of heart. It's important, I would say this to man or woman, it's very important to have a vision for where you want to go. 
it's not enough to be frustrated with Morgan Stanley or frustrated with Bank of America or whatever the case may be. You have to truly have a vision for yourself, for your business, for your clients, because that's what's going to motivate you through the tough times. And there are going to be some, you know, you're going to write some checks and you're going to work a lot of long hours and it can be fairly daunting. But the reward side of it is completely worth all of the fear, all of the anxiety, all of the sleepless nights. Clients will follow you. I know that that's always a concern, but if you have great relationships with your clients, they will trust you and they will follow you. Um, I think in specific, to speak directly to women who are considering this, one thing that I see in female advisors and we have some on our team, I work a lot with them outside of our walls, is that they possess a great desire to genuinely help people, to walk alongside clients and to help them achieve all that they have envisioned for their lives. Financial, personal, emotional, women are truly wired for this business. To act as a true consultant, to act as a true advisor, Mindy, it's a consistent drumbeat that I hear, and that alone should be the driver, is do you really want to be an advisor? Do you want to bring the most that you can to your clients? Do you want to do the best thing you can for yourself and your team? If the answer is yes, then the answer is yes. But it is not without trepidation, and it's a big decision. But sitting here two and a half years later, it's completely worth it. What a wonderful story, Margaret. I can't thank you enough for sharing it with me, with us. I imagine a lot of what you said, your courage and your wisdom and your vision um, is really inspirational. And I think it'll inspire many as well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We wish you much continued success and can't wait to hear more of the great things that Six Meridian does now and in the future. Thank you, Mindy. The window to leave Morgan Stanley and pursue their vision was closing for this extraordinary team. Deferred compensation at the firm for Margaret and her partners was on the verge of becoming the very handcuffs it was meant to be. And the team realized that it was time to take control of their business lives and execute on the vision they had for clients. So, Six Meridian, a business born out of a desire to act as a true fiduciary, has proven to be a winning proposition for the business and clients alike. In our next episode, Steve Schwartzbach, founder and managing partner of Icon Wealth Partners, will be joining us. Steve has his own Morgan Stanley breakaway story and why going independent was the best way to serve his high net worth clients. So I hope you'll listen in. Until then, I encourage you to visit our website, diamond-consultants.com and click on the tools and resources link for valuable content. And if you're not a recipient of our weekly email, Perspectives for Advisors, click on the blog link to browse recent articles. Feel free to email or call me if you have specific questions. I can be reached at 908-879-1002 or at mdiamond at diamond-consultants.com. Please note that all requests are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Thank you for listening. I also want to thank WealthManagement.com for sharing this podcast with their viewers and subscribers. This is Mindy Diamond on Independence. Independence.